All right, this is Steve Lutman. I'm the CEO and founder of Hercules Mulligan. For a dram, settled in. This is the Cask Chasers podcast. Well, 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 Cast Chasers, welcome back. Hey, um, if you're anything like me, you've probably been drinking whiskey for a while, and you know you hear the uh, you hear the purest, let's say, out there. If it ain't neat, it ain't nothing. Um, well, pshaw to the purest. Um, I love a good cocktail. I love a good mix. I think whiskey and other spirits are great on their own. You know that. Um, standalone, absolutely. But if you're a Gordon Ramsay of drinks, you know what I mean? You're going to use good ingredients. You're going to use, you're, you want something with some, you know, a little uplifting flavor profile. Something with a little ooge is a word I just made up. Um, probably doesn't even make sense, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, COVID happened to us. That was a bad thing. And then from that, some really cool things were birthed. Let me talk about two of them real quick. Uh, take out spirits. Yeah, take out cocktails from your local restaurant. Thank you for that. And then the bottle cocktail realm opened up to us, and I couldn't be happier. I've had a few of them, but I was lucky enough to have these amazing folks. This gentleman I'm about to have on, you're about to meet, um, send me two bottles. I can't wait to dive in. Absolutely incredible. Um, tasty, good with ice, good to hang out with, good neat, good right out of the bottle, depending on what kind of trash person you are. I'm not judging you. If you like to drink it out of a bottle, that's all you. Um, but chasers, you know, if I like it, it's the real deal, right? I'm super picky. You guys know that about me. Um, anyway, without further ado, welcome my friend, Steve, CEO, founder, you heard his little intro of Hercules Mulligans. I got two bottles of that here, Steve. They're almost empty. Sorry about that. But I, uh, <laughs> if, if anything, that means I enjoyed them. No worries, Bob. Bobby. Great to have, great to be on. Thank you so much. Really excited to be on uh, with the chasers and, and, uh, Thanks for uh, inviting us. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing something really cool. So I I know I chatted about in my little intro there about, you know, COVID kind of creating its own little monsters, some good, some bad. It's really difficult to talk about the good that came out of COVID, but I think it's important. I think think it's nice to share some cool stories that came out of such a weird you know, post-apocalyptic time. Um, I remember wearing trash bags and masks going to the grocery store. So, but that's kind of when this was born, correct? Am I right? Did I read totally, my bio? Totally. This, okay, good. This is born out of the pandemic. Uh, literally came up with the initial prototype recipe out of my small little Upper West Side kitchen. Uh, and, and then, um, you know, uh, got some great partners involved to really take it to to a whole nother level in terms of the base and the actual liquid. And then we launched it during the pandemic. And, and you know, the spirits are difficult, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of getting distribution and whatnot. So we launched it only in uh, online uh, sales only in U.S. and Europe. And, and you know, nobody had any, we had nothing to do. Right. So uh, and it, it caught on. People really like the story, like the juice. The name's kind of catchy. Yeah. Um, so. No, it's it's a, a pandemic born product. It's a cool name. It's a cool bottle. I don't know if you can see on my little, I got bars all over the house, but this is my makeshift background bar. 
I already got the Halloween stuff. My wife put a bat up there. Nice. Um, yeah, but the bottles, I mean, they're black with the Bellac label and the silver writing with the scissors and everything. So it's a really cool, eclectic, um, almost apothecarianistic, if that's a, making up all kinds of words today, um, bottling choice. And some, and sometimes when you see a really cool, interesting bottle, you think, are they, are they, uh, are they overcoming something? Are they, um, you know, but then you, you, you drink the, you drink the liquid inside and you think, holy shit, this is exactly how I'd want the perfect, whatever this is to be made. Specifically, I'm drinking the, let me see if I can, Iyer and Rye, am I saying that right? E-Y-R? You got it. E-Y-R. Yep. That's the, uh. Irish whiskey, rye whiskey, and cherry bitters, uh, 86 proof, 43% alcohol, of course. Uh, and, I'll, and chasers, I'll post, uh, I'll post a picture of the bottle, um, in the, uh, when I post this podcast, but so that's the one I'm drinking. That's my favorite one. I think Dana was yours, the rum and rye. No, yours was this one too. The rum and rye is also delicious. I think I drank most of the rum and rye. This has about maybe a glass or two left in it. So obviously that one got some love. Um, so you're definitely making cool stuff. Are these cocktails that you had that you just knew that, you know, your personal favorites, or is this a, you playing around and making something up? So this came out of a hobby, uh, which is history, believe it or not. I mean, obviously I like, uh, you know, beverage, alcohol and and spirits and making drinks, but, uh, I, I, I love reading history books and I, I, um, came across the book, Hamilton from Ron Chernow, like everybody else. And I read that and I came across the name Hercules Mulligan. I'm friends with Ron. So I, uh, Ron Chernow and asked him about it. And he turned me on to the biography and now the print biography about him in the New York historical society. So I literally went to the library, got the book, read it. And that's where I discovered this guy's story that he was, uh, you know, a tailor during the 18th century and occupied New York, had a tailor shop. People would hang out there. Uh, and he would entertain, uh, get him comfortable, and he would serve drinks. Uh, and at that period, rum was very popular, but there was a boycott and a blockade. So they started making rye, and a lot of times they would mix the rum and the rye together. And uh, and that's when I said, well, you know, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's kind of a cool idea. You know, the twist was he was a spy, of course. So he would, yeah. you know, serve the drinks to the to the British soldiers, get them a little inebriated. So I saw rum and rye, and that's really where it all started. And I, and 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 the ginger is kind of like I personally just love ginger. It's Irish, and then of course you need bitters. Yeah, 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 yeah. People underestimate bitters. I think I was scared totally. of them when I first started mixing my co- making my own, you know, classic old fashioned or whatever. Even my whiskey sours, I was very shy with my bitters. Um, I, it was, it's, it's just like a spirit. It's something you have to get kind of used to and hone in on. Uh, now I dump them in like it's, you know, Alka-Seltzer, yeah. but, um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, but the bitters do change the profile of the flavor. So this is, I love the history piece. That's what I, I want to stick on that a little bit. I'm glad you brought that up cause I love nerding out, but I want to ask you, let's have a one-on-one conversation. Um, spirits adjacent, I guess, if you will, off topic, what is with tailors and spies? Because I, I the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the gentleman, yeah, you know what I mean. Why, why do we have so many? I don't, I, I almost, don't, that's why I don't go to the tailors personally, um, right? Because I'm terrified right. of them. But I, it seems like, I guess that's where gentlemen would go. You know what I mean? And a lot of shop yeah. talk would happen in these places. They weren't like your classic laundry mats are today. They were more of a. Um, you know, a gathering pointer, if you will. I think you could get a cigar and maybe a glass of whiskey or something at one of these places. Um, so it kind of makes sense, but that just dawned on me, believe it or not, that um, a lot of tailor 
and spidemanship going on back then. God, there's another word. That's a fun Very word. speakeasy, gentleman's clubby. Yeah. You know, even even today, um, you know, there's a tailor downtown called Alexander Nash that I, uh, you know, and I, I, I know uh, Alex, who, who who actually no longer owns Alexander Nash. He owns another one, long story. But, uh, you know, it, it's an experience when you go there. First thing he does is, what would you like to drink? Mm. You know, I, I, I think he does that because then, th- then you end up, you know, paying more. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> stuff's yeah. expensive. But uh, he always has, you know, great stuff there behind his bar. That's really cool. So were you, I know you say it was kind of a hobby and, you know, the history part of it's really beautiful and I love the story. I think a, I think story behind something can make it, can enrich it a little bit. But I want to talk about what's in the bottle because this is sincerely some flavorful stuff and superbly, mm-hmm. superbly blended, mixed, uh, and created. Were you a were you a neat whiskey cocktail guy? Did you like a Coors Light every now and again? What was your drink of choice before you fell into this kind of into this path here? Yeah, so I'm a cocktail guy. I mean, listen, I all the above, unfortunately, probably. I mean, I, I drink. Uh, uh, spirits, beer, and and wine, uh, and and you know I love having a nice pint of Guinness. Mm. I'm right now into Gruner Feltliners from Austria and and Vino Verges from Portugal, and then a cocktail. I I I really jump around. I mean yeah. you know I, I right now I'm a I'm a big Campari fan. I love a great margarita. I love tequila. I'm I'm definitely into my whiskey classics, whether it's the old fashioned or or you know your Manhattan, so uh, yeah, responsibly, of course, of course, uh, <laughs> of course, listeners, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I've been in in the industry for quite a while. I mean, I used to manage uh, Grand Marnier, which I'm just uh, I just love that product, mm. and um, so I really I really came at this trying to find something that I would love to drink, uh, and and but something different, and unique. You know, I don't. I, I, we we have a lot of the same out there, the sea of sameness, and. Yeah, what what put another experience on the shelf? Well, I like that you said that because the again the two that I have are the R and Rye and the um, rum and rye. And the rum and rye for the listeners is rum, rye, of course, whiskey, ginger, and bitters. So you're I noticed they're not the labeling isn't old fashioned, you know, it's not paper plain. Right. So it is what I like about it, it's something slightly recognizable when I drink it. I'm like, I've had this but it's not the thing I've had. So it is definitely unique and simple. And I think that in Mm -hmm. itself is really cool. That shows if if you're getting a cocktail or a bottle cocktail, and I'm not downing anybody, but some of these, you know, plastic bottle cocktail mixes you can buy for, you know, pretty cheap. Um, They're designed for one thing, you know, go to a party, pour it in a punch bowl and rock and roll, but they have a thousand ingredients in them. You know what I mean? High fructose, this, this, and that. The simplicity really shows the care for the rye, the spirits, the Irish whiskey that are in it. And then the bitters really does what bitters are supposed to do. They balance it and they give it that little kick of, you know, raspy flavor or mellowed flavor, whatever the bitter, whatever you're, you're, you're folding for. And the proof seems to be very considerate of the drinker because um, you can really, and again, I'm not anti 40 percenters. But when you're mixing with a, co- I like a, I like a little kick in the proof when I'm when I'm when I'm having a cocktail. 
So I appreciate and I'm thankful for the thought. I'm assuming the thought. You're, what if you're like, no, Bobby, I winged it. What the hell is he talking about? Um, <laughs> the thought that went into these, um, the simplicity of it, but yet the complexity of it and the flavor and the similarity to something I've had before without being the thing I've had before. So can you yeah. talk a little bit about, you know, how did you know what lineup you wanted to do? I mean, what, I mean, I know you yeah. said you tinkered a little bit in the kitchen, but what made you zoom in on these these I'm sure more are coming in the future, but the ones that we have now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a twist on the familiar. It was an iterative process. Uh, and the familiar here is the old fashioned and the Manhattan. But as you said, we didn't want to launch an old fashioned and a Manhattan. We, we've got that in spades. So that's where the twist comes in. So rum and rye, uh, ginger and bitters, you know, there's no, there's, there's, it's not a, it's not a classic old fashioned by any means, you know, as ginger and it's more of a ginger whiskey. And then the iron rye is, you know, is not a man. There's no vermouth. So, um, uh, this was, you know, I started out with this rum and rye in my kitchen and it was okay. It was good, but it's really when I, uh, we iterated with my partners. So I, I work with my partners are, are Mario Matza who has the distillery, uh, upstate in Westfield, New York, and uh, uh, Grisha Soba from Slovenia, who uh, is the creator of Flaviar, mm. if you're familiar with that, and, and Caskers and whatnot. So um, we got together for a weekend up at, the, up at the distillery, and we spent most of that weekend just focusing on the bases. So rum and rye, we really spent an exorbitant amount of time on the base trying to figure out what was the blend of rums and rye. So we got a blend of three different rums. We have a Jamaican black, a Demerara from French Guyana, and a and a, an age from Puerto Rico, and then the rise. We have our own rye from Westfield, from uh, called Five and Twenty, uh, and then we have a, a we use Dad's Hat from Pennsylvania, and we have a uh, 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 a, a brand from uh, from upstate Vermont, and we spent a lot of time just trying to figure out how to get a really great base that you you know it's got got to stand on its own. And then we played around with the ABV, the, the you know, the, the proof. Uh, and we found, you know, how do you come up with 86 proof? It, it literally was what works against that ginger well. Ginger is a unique ingredient. And, and you know, I started with fresh ginger, uh, dry ginger, because it's easier. But quickly learn we got to go to get fresh so we can get the aromatics popping. But the issue you have when you work with fresh ginger and the aromatics is it, it comes in with a pretty hard bite. Yeah. And that's why you needed higher proof. And 86 was the number that we just said, okay, you get a nice balance there between the alcohol and the ginger. I, I like, I've heard the analogy before. It should be like a well-run mosh pit. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're a fan of a mosh pit, uh, you know, there's a wall of people and their job is not to mosh. It's to protect the people behind them, um, keep the balance. And then in the mosh pit, it may seem aggressive, but everybody's really polite helping each other up if they knock somebody down. So my point to that is a good cocktail can be exciting and a little loud, a little bitey, but it needs to settle down in the right spots and have the right flavor. You know, it, and it's not and a lot of people when I say that it's oh, they, they always go to right to the alcohol. For me, it's over gingered. It's over minted. It's over. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, muddled, muddled to death. If, if that's the case, depending on where I go, you can overdo and, and really contrast against the spirit if you're not careful. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, 
you know, I don't want my drink to taste like an orange juice. If I, if I, if it's a cocktail forward orange drink, um, I want it to be very balanced and very purposeful and proof is a, I I've had this conversation with cocktail drink or co- bottled cocktails before the proof isn't doing it any favors. I've, I've said that to myself more times than I can count. It's always the proof. It's always the ingredient. This on the other hand, it's got all the right amount of bite, all the right amount of flavor, but it, it settles down at the right time. I, I mean, I'm, I still fill it in my mouth. So the oils are so nothing's lost, which I think is really yeah. rad. And I think too many ingredients could have possibly taken away from that too. So I agree. It's the, it's the perfect balance. So you talked a little bit about flavor. Um, that's another company to give them a little kudos, um, uh, among others that really did a boomed and found their footing during, unfortunately the COVID time, um, the ability to mm-hmm. order, if you're in a state where you can order spirits, um, it's a really cool right. place to go to online shop and find some interesting stuff. Now that I'm in Virginia and I like it here, I love it here. I am a controlled state. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, the ability for me to not finding on my shelf, but maybe going somewhere where I can, or finding a friend or however I want to do it. If the ATF is listening, I do whatever I want. Um, come and get me coppers, but how, you know, it makes it a lot easier to get these unique drinks. I probably, you know, seeing this bottle, unless I saw it on the shelf, I don't know that I would have been able to get my hands on it. Now that I know mm-hmm. what it is, I'm going to search for it. I'm going to look for it. And the flavor mm-hmm. is great. So I'm glad you have that outlet, that ability to do that with that focus. It seems like almost there's a focus there of we understand it's not going to be on every shelf. What's the other way to get it out the door? And I really think that's cool. Yeah, yeah really, uh, you know, uh, working with Flaviar during the pandemic to launch the brand, they have such, uh, and it's probably a lot of, a lot of your uh, – your, your chaser listeners on the, on, on the podcast, uh, such rabid, uh, enthusiasts. And I'll tell you, Flaviar knows their liquids. I, I, I mean, there's, there's nobody has a better palate than Grisha Silva. He really, really knows, uh, he knows product well, and he knows his whiskeys. And, um, we got really quite a fan base going just those two years, just by focusing on, uh, online sales again nobody had anything to do right Right. we were all drinking like a (laughs) you know a bottle a day of something and uh and it it really got people you know involved with our brands uh i mean so much so that um a lot of them became investors in our company believe it or not yeah no it's a great company and um i know a lot of followers and people that believe in it and i'm I'm one of them so and i've benefited um from from that company so I'm, i'm thankful um plus what's available on there is uh like he said like uh like steve said it's uh listeners um it's the stuff you want it's 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 not random it's uh some of it's random but it's interesting um so let's get back to the spirits so let's dig in a little more on the history here so Mm -hmm. talk to me about not necessarily the history of the man mr mulligan because obviously really cool talk to me about your background where you come from you die you you tipped your toe in it a little bit but um can we hear about your, your, your lineage? Can we get your biography? Yeah, yeah. yeah my, my journey, I'm a Philly guy, born and raised, but been in New York for a while. But I uh, go, 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 birds. go Sixers, go Eagles, yeah. go Birds, exactly. Go Phillies. I just lost, I, uh, half, yeah. I just lost half my listenership. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's <laughs> just clicking out. I, 
I always tell everybody we're America's team, but uh, yeah, yeah. I get a lot of pushback from particularly my Texas friends. But the yeah. um, I grew up in, in food and beverage. I worked at Unilever. I, I worked in, in uh, Europe, in the U.S., in Latin America, uh, and, and did that for 10 years. And then I went and worked in, in spirits, in wine and spirits for Diageo, and then for LVMH, for Moet Hennessy, working on everything from Rufino wine to uh, – uh, Grand Marnier uh, launched a couple brands, one called Tankane, another one uh, called Navan from Grand Marnier uh, Vanilla Cognac. And then I uh, decided to go out on my own, built a distillery in Brazil and created a brand called LeBlanc, a cachaça, um, which I did for about 12 years. And, and that was acquired by Bacardi back in 2017. Mm. Uh, and then since then, I, you know, I, I, I help people uh, with their brands. I worked on aviation gin i currently work with uh, the folks at betty buzz betty booze um and and various other projects but i like doing my own stuff and um and uh you know given given uh i, I always try and find something different you know look Kishasa was very different obviously very different than hercules and um you know, just something where I could combine my passions because, you know, we're selling more than booze. We're selling story. We're, 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 this is a relationship entertainment business. A lot of time we're drinking this with somebody else and, and, and chit chatting. So, you know, the, the ability to combine history with some storytelling with some great liquid in the bottle and some cocktailian creation is kind of uh, my passion so it, it was a kind of a perfect storm well I love, uh, but that's my history yeah i love the it, that's a impressive history by the way so you didn't just Thank you. you know there's some people i talk to that start brands and they just fall into it you know i'm asking what did you do before this or like i work at a shoe store and i one day <laughs> i just was like i want to make a so which is cool which is cool but you do have the know-how you you obviously have a hell of a palate and it seems like you've developed that you know through a pretty interesting uh, pathway, you know, living in a different country and, 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 and trying different spirits. I think, let me ask you, I don't want to tell you what I think. Let's say the, the a good cocktail is someone that is a verse taster. Am I saying that right? Maybe like a foodie, maybe like you can't just be a whiskey person. And I'm a whiskey podcast yeah. and spirits adjacent. But what I'm getting at is, you got to try other things, rum, gins, you know, wines. Do you find that having a love for all of those things helps make a good cocktail? Does that make sense? Is that question? Uh, yeah, totally. Totally. You know, I come at this from the food world. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I love cooking. I love food. Uh, I, I'm definitely what I would call, I don't know what you would call it, recipe or ingredient agnostic. I like everything. I mean, there's one thing I don't like, it's big Newtons. Don't ask me why I do not like big news. Otherwise, I'm pretty big of the fan. And um, I think when it, when it, I, you know, I'm, I also am a big believer, particularly in wine and spirits. It's also a, a form of travel. I mean, you could say it's sensorial travel, mm. but it's also actually a form of real travel. Like if you want to go to Japan, have sake. If you want to go to Italy, have Chianti. You know, you want to go to France, have a Bordeaux. Uh, and, 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 you know, this is, this is a little bit of old New York in a bottle and, um, you know, it's cultural and, and, and I, I really approach it that way. I love that. It's one of the reasons why I think my podcast, you know, pat myself on the back works so well is because getting the opportunity for people to hear the maker talk and 
you know, a lot of people, I, tr- I try to, let's talk about the spirit, how it's made, get into the boring science stuff, or I'm interested in it. But I think hearing your belief in what you do, I think is very, very important. And the passion there. And you're not just like, I don't know, Bobby, I got to pay the bills. I just put something in a bottle and yeah. I'm done. I think the passion, the story, I think all those things do mean something. And when I'm pouring a glass for somebody, the first thing they're going to ask when they see this is, what is this? And now I have a story to tell them while they're drinking it. And that does make things taste better. This is great on its own, but the story does give it a little upliftedness. Um, so I really do appreciate that. And your background kind of shows, because as you're talking about, there are wine qualities to this. You know what I mean? There are yeah. there are different spirits, you know, influenced by this or in this. Not necessarily in it, but I can taste. It, it tastes like something made by a blender. And I, yeah. I, I, I probably respect blenders. No offense to my distillers out there. I love you to death. But my blenders are some of my favorite people. Um, and this is, a, this is, I know it's a bottled cocktail, but to me, it's, it's more of a blend. It's more of a mm-hmm. blend. And if you're a wine fan, that is a, that's a badge of honor, blending, right? Yeah, I'll, t- I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, there, you know, you mentioned wine and, 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 where's the place where a lot of this emanates from the wine world is really powerful uh because you know you learn so much about aroma you know all the characteristics uh what what comes out of the terroir uh and and the you know wine people really do great in spirits i think they also do great in beer because bringing those that that those wine values to spirits and beer to cocktails has been enormous uh uh, I, I'm really grateful that I worked for a, a period and got to learn wine because, you know, it's a transferable skill set or as a consumer, a transferable enjoyment set. Because if you can enjoy wine and the nuances of enjoying a, a fine, you know, Sancerre wine or mm-hmm. Sauvignon Blanc, you'll know how to appreciate, you know, uh, differences in whiskey or, or gins for that matter. A lot of tasters good tasters that have educated me through my, through my um, lifetime have been, or have come from the wine world. And, uh, yeah. you know, I always use Lisa Wicker as an example. Um, she just left, uh, speaking good of New example. York. Yeah. She just left, um, uh, a great distillery in New York and, uh, she's doing something. She's moved on. Show's not about her. I love her to death, but it's not about you, Lisa, but she comes from the wine world and a lot of them do. Yeah. A lot of people do in it. And the similarities and the masterclass you bring with you from the wine world are shouldn't be lost on somebody. You know that if I see that, not to say that somebody without that in their resume doesn't have the capability, but I think knowing wine, understanding wine and appreciating wine. My wife is an Italian from a very thick Italian family right outside Philadelphia. So wine is a very big part of our life and the right wine Mm -hmm. with the right meal. And when you drink this wine and when you don't, those things are important and they seem they seem uh, a little ridiculous from the outsider, but when you get into it, it does make sense. Because watching my father-in-law have a glass of red oh, wine, making spaghetti, and some of that wine makes it into the sauce, so it's all kind of connecting. So yeah, wines are really interesting. Something I'd like to learn a little bit more about, but but you can't you can't yeah. you can't mess up as much as you can in some other things with wine or spirits or cocktails for that. Well, matter. Then the- one of the most interesting people I like to listen to in, in the in the spirits cocktail world, Steve Olson, who yeah. they call the AKA wine geek, and you know, uh, obviously his wine knowledge is through the roof. But I've I've still yet to hear someone do a master class 
other than Steve Olson, especially in the world of, of tequila. Uh, you know, he was heavily involved with Del Maggie with Mezcal. Uh, he, I, I, you know, I, I, when I back in the day working on Grand Marnier, he used to do master classes for us. The guy knows his spirits and it really comes from that wine experience. That's fantastic. Well, Steve, I mean, it seems like we've uh, just been chatting for about 10 minutes, but, um, you know, uh, it was a, it's an absolute pleasure to chat with you about your spirit. Um, as, as my listeners know, we, we, our, our podcasts aren't hella long because you guys zone out. Um, so I, but I have so many more questions. I'd like to first and foremost int- invite you back on the show so we can talk about how you've to. evolved and everything. Um, and hopefully we can do it in person. I go to New York all the time if you're ever down this way. Um, but that being said, before I'd we... I'd love to come to Williamsburg. Oh, buddy. Yeah, I love that place. Come on down, man. Yeah. Come on down. Um, before we go, uh, where can everyone find you? Where can everyone, you know, your website, where can they purchase it? You know, how do they get yeah. their hands on a bottle of this amazing goodness? Sure. So the, so the company website's HerculesMulliganCompany.com. Um, so HerculesMulliganCompany.com. Just go to our website. You can purchase right off the website. We'll ship to, I think it's 44, can't remember the exact number of states where we can legally get it to you. Uh, feel free to send me an email. I'm at steve at hmulligancompany.com. You can, you know, also find me on Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the usual suspects. Um, but, um, uh, and then we are now in what we're almost in 40 States, you know, we're, um, we're getting there in terms of distribution, in terms of rolling out. So we're in what they call the, the majors, all the, the major food groups, you're, Illinois, Florida's, mm-hmm. Texas, California, New York, Massachusetts, and then we're filling it in. That's awesome. You can make your own cocktail. You really can, and maybe you're maybe you're a, you're a, a Wibbles, and you you know you're you're Heather Wibbles, and you just kill it with cocktail. You have your own cocktail book, and then maybe you're not, and maybe you're like me, and you just it's a mess. Stop it. Just buy. Buy something good. Buy something you can pour over ice. I'm drinking it neat right now. Um, it's fun to share with people. If you have somebody new to the whiskey world or spirits world in general, this is a nice entry level for them. But it's also very, very, very complex, so anybody can enjoy it. Um, I'll be, I'll be buying more. Um, I did get these for free, so I'm not going to lie to everybody out there. But I will buy because I believe in supporting mm-hmm. uh, good people and good companies. Um, thank you so much, my friend. I, I. I can't be, Thank I couldn't you, be happy. I, I was excited to have you on. Um, you make a good, you make a good drink, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. Bob. I really enjoyed talking to you. You Thank too. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, and remember chasers, it, it's not about finding the perf- perfect dram or glass or bottle. It's all in the chase. So chase it. <laughs>